steal, and Puss with the chain. And St. John's takes down number three, Villanova. A signature win for Mike Anderson. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And it is another game, same story, another year, same story, another coach, same story, another decade, same story for St. John's. They play hard, they fight. But in the end, they get out-executed, and they lose yet another Big East game, and they are once again now near the bottom of the conference. The Red Storm play hard on Tuesday night. They battle back. They score 82 points. They get a a career night from Posh Alexander, 29 points and 12 assists. And yet it's still not enough in front of a crazy Karnaseka Arena crowd. Probably the loudest I've possibly ever heard Karnaseka Arena. Doesn't matter. Uh, Providence still comes in. Number 15 Providence. And they win 86-82 over St. John's. The Red Storm now 11-9 on the season. 3-6 in the Big East. And as I mentioned before, really right back where they've been basically for the last two decades and especially uh, in this new form of the Big East and that is at the bottom of the conference they're currently in ninth place in the Big East right there along with Georgetown and DePaul uh, headed straight for another Wednesday night Big East uh, crap crap crapple triple header whatever however you want to say it uh, just another season that looks like it is completely being lost another season that the team is falling completely short of expectations uh, another season where star players uh, who we'll get to in a second have fallen completely short of expectations and just all in all another season that is trending the wrong way at the same time for St. John's as we've seen in the past uh, January and early February again St. John's digs themselves a hole in uh, conference play, three and six now in the conference. Uh, we said, you know, after getting that win over Seton Hall, you really need to get one of these next two games against Providence or Villanova. And the difference between being four and five and being three and six would have been massive, obviously, with two winnable games coming up, albeit on the road against Georgetown and Butler. Uh, but two games that you feel like you would have had a good shot in to where if you were four and five, uh, you feel like you could have gotten maybe to six and five and start to rack up wins uh, in the Big East. But obviously that does not happen. And again, it's two winnable games that they've lost. You know, over the weekend against Villanova, uh, certainly a game where Villanova did not really throw their best punch, I wouldn't say. You know, Villanova didn't play an incredible game. Uh, Villanova had a really incredible stretch of, what, maybe six or seven minutes in that first half. But outside of that, Villanova really didn't do anything to really take that game away from you. St. John just never really put up a fight in the second half to take it back until, you know, the final, what, two minutes or so in that game. Tonight, kind of the same story. You know, Providence didn't really play out of their mind. But at the end of the day, the story of this game, Providence executed in the final two minutes. You know, there's a reason why Providence is 19-2, 9-1 in the season. There's a reason why Providence is a consistent tournament team year in and year out under Ed Cooley. And that's because in the final five, the final four, the final two, the final minute of every game, Providence executes. 
And there's a reason why under Steve Lavin, under Chris Mullen, under Norm, wherever you want to go, under Mike Anderson, wherever you, whatever coach you want to go, for basically since Lou Carnesecca, St. John's has not executed at the end of games. And that's the reason why year in and year out, we're talking about this team in ninth place, in 10th place, in 8th place, with six wins in the conference and four wins in the conference and seven wins in the conference, because it's the same thing every single year. You are out executed at the end of these close games. Tie game with, what was it, tie game at 72 with, what, 345 left. Posh Alexander ties the game up for St. John's, and they don't even get a shot off until the final minute. Three straight turnovers in the final minute of the, or the final couple minutes of the game. What does Providence need to do? Providence, um, you know, when they're trying to ice that game away, what does Providence need to do? They get it to their best free throw shooter in Al Durham. Guy shot 13 free throws in this game. All six of those final free throws in the final minute for Providence were shot by Al Durham. That's a team that knows how to execute. That's a team when they need a basket can draw up a play to get someone open. That's a team that when they need to grab an offensive rebound, grabs an offensive rebound. St. John's, on the other hand, with 30 seconds to go, decides let's let 20 seconds run off the shot clock and then and then we'll foul with eight left on the shot clock. Coming out of a timeout, that's somehow miscommunicated between the coach and these players. What are we doing here? St. John still struggles to draw up open looks for their star, Julian Champagny. Still struggle to run any sort of plays for their star, Julian Champagny. Still look like they struggle to do any sort of cohesive offense in the half court. But at the end of the day, tie game with three and a half minutes to go, you could not execute. Providence out-executed St. John's in the last three minutes of this game. And that's, like I said, that's been the story this year. That, you know, for parts of last year was a story. That was a story under Mullen. That was the story under Lavin. Every single year that I have watched this team, that's been the story. And that's why in this new form of the Big East, Villanova's taken off and has become a national contender. Xavier's become a team that's ranked, if not every year, every few years, Xavier is ranked. Providence has become a team that's a consistent tournament contender. Seton Hall has become a team that's a consistent tournament contender. Marquette is in the tournament conversation, if not every year, every other year. Butler, same way. Creighton, same way. Those teams, by and large, execute at the end of games. St. John's, Georgetown, DePaul go the other way. And that's why, like I said, every single year, basically, it's those three teams at the bottom. It's those three teams on Wednesday night in the Big East tournament in front of 2,000 people. They don't know how to execute. A game that you absolutely had to have, and they played like it. Don't get me wrong. They played hard. I'm not going to give them credit for playing hard, but they played hard. They were in this game. There was a couple moments when Providence got up by 10 and St. John's came right back and tied the game up. But at the end of the day, playing hard is not good enough. Playing hard in quad one games is not good enough. Playing hard two times against Providence and on the road against UConn is not good enough. Gotta win some of these games. And as we're seeing, it's just not happening for St. John's. And that was the argument against that I made for so long in the, in the last month or so where it was, yes, they have all these quad one opportunities, but what makes you think they're actually going to take them? You know? 
What makes you think that they're actually going to capitalize on these quad one opportunities that they have back to back to back to back to back, you know, against all these solid teams. And so far, they've done nothing to capitalize on these. They've got one so far. And Seton Hall might drop out of a quad one at some point with how poorly they look. There's just, there's just not enough execution to consistently win in this conference. There's just not. So, yes, they have all of these opportunities to win, you know, to build a tournament resume. But still, they've done absolutely nothing to make you think that they can. Even when they get, like I said, a career night out of Posh Alexander, career high, 29 points from Posh, 12 assists, 2 steals, played out of his mind in this game. Crazy good, Posh Alexander. The Karnasek Arena crowd was phenomenal. I was watching the game on TV. Uh, it was a phenomenal crowd at Karnasek Arena. Maybe, like I said, maybe the loudest I've heard it at points. The posh alley-oop, the posh tip-in. Uh, there's a couple other plays. Crazy loud. You're in a tie game with three and a half minutes to go, and you can't execute to win the game. And that's what we said. They, they have these opportunities even when everything is going in their favor. When you're getting a star performance out of Posh Alexander, when you have the crazy crowd in your favor, and you still can't close these games out. And that's been a problem, you know, year in and year out. Last year was a problem. Two years ago was a big problem. Year in and year out, that's the issue. So yes, you have all these opportunities at quad one games, but even when you play a great one, you still can't close it out against a really good Providence team. And it's going to be the same story now, year in and year out. I'm, I'm sure that they'll make a run at some point because this is St. John's. That's what they do. I'm sure that they'll win three out of four at some point and, and drag us back in. But I mean, even it look like look at this schedule now. If they don't win both of these next two games coming up at Georgetown and at, at Butler, it's going to get really, really ugly. If you're four and seven after the Georgetown and Butler games, even if you just split those two, if you're four and seven after those two games, and you have a three-game stretch home against Villanova, which is going to be an all-Villanova crowd, home against UConn on Super Bowl Sunday, which may as well be Gamble Pavilion North or, or South, whatever it would be, West, I guess. If you're going to, that, that game's going to be all UConn crowd. And then add Xavier. Three straight games against ranked opponents. You're staring, what, 4-10 and ten in the conference? I mean, that's going to be, it's going to get ugly here. And again, I'm still not on the the fire Mike Anderson train. I still don't think it's going to happen. Um, he's he's been absolutely atrocious. I mean, look at the you know if you want to look at the story of how St. John's lost this game, look at the ends of each half. Look at the end of the first half when you are get a flagrant foul. You're shooting a free throw with the ball. You miss the free th- the flagrant free throw, or you miss one of the flagrant free throws. I should say you. Well, you split the, the other two free throws or something. You turn the ball over on the inbound, and you foul a three-point shooter. That's horrible execution. Horrible execution to, to be losing in that sequence, in that 10-second sequence or whatever it was. And then look at the final couple minutes of the, of the second half. Same thing. Three straight turnovers. Tie game, turnover, turnover, turnover. You know, you got, you got Champagne, or Champagne. He doesn't look like he's ready for the pass from Posh, and then you have Nyway on the moving screen. That can't happen. That's execution. That just just cannot happen at the end of the game. But what I was saying about Anderson is that 
he's just been so bad this season, and those were just two great examples of it at the end of each half. Providence executes, St. John's doesn't. Ed Cooley's teams are prepared. Ed Cooley's teams have a plan. Ed Cooley's team Ed Cooley's teams know what to do. St. John's coming out of a timeout. Are we gonna foul or are we not gonna foul? What do we want to do here? Let's let 20 seconds run off the clock and then we'll foul with eight seconds left on the shot clock. Coming out of a timeout. What play are we gonna run here? I don't know. We don't run any plays. We don't have a play. We we really need a basket here. You know, two and a half minutes to go. We're down by by four. We really need a basket. What are we gonna do? I don't know. We we don't have a play to run. We don't know what to run. Would would any other team in the conference besides Georgetown and DePaul do that? In the in, in the final minutes of the game, not have any clue what play to run. It's just it's it's mind blowing. So it's been a horrible horrible season for Anderson. And I, like I said, I'm not on the fire Anderson train just yet. Because I just don't see St. John's doing it. Uh, do I support it? Would I support it after the way that they've played this year? I don't know if I would be against anything, to be honest with you. I would be pretty much open to anything if I think it could turn the, the program around. Uh, but I just don't think it's realistic just yet to, to, to say that he's going to get fired. But, man, if you go, uh, if they play, what, 19? Because I don't know if they're going to make up the, prov- the Marquette game. If you go 6-13 and 13 in the conference, man. <laughs> How do you sell that to us? Like, how as a fan base are we being sold that? If you go six and thirteen, Champagny's gone, a couple guys, other guys maybe transfer out. You know, even if Posh comes back, like uh, you're gonna sell us a team that's gonna be like what, pick seventh or eighth in the conference next year, coming off one of the most disappointing seasons, you know, in, in program history. How do you sell that? And then if that team goes out and wins six or seven conference games, he's probably gone. So I, I don't know. Like I just I don't know how you possibly sell that to a fan base if if the, this year is going to continue spiraling like it does. But I guess that's 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 for another time. But um, I, I also wanted to hit on Champagne tonight. Uh, four of eleven shooting, zero of four from three point range. Uh, was banged up a little bit. In the first half, I uh, had that issue with his eye. It looked like he got a cut above his eye, maybe, um, but had the eight points and five rebounds and two steals. And th- he just he looks completely lost. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I don't want to. You know, I'm not going to rip a college kid too much for his play. You know, um, and this isn't like a Julius Randle situation with the Knicks, where all the Knicks fans are are ripping on Julius Randle. But you know, Champagne just hasn't hasn't really done at all what you know he's just been so he just hasn't looked right i think is 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 what i would say he just hasn't looked right for the past you know what four or five games now you know and and it's it's now becoming like not you know is when is he gonna get out of this funk it's like if he's gonna get out of this funk or or maybe not if because I, i think we can all assume at some point he's gonna come back to the player that we know right but at that point, is it going to be too late? You know, if it takes him three, four more games to get out of this funk. But, you know, by then, if St. John's is already, you know, four and eight in the conference, is it really even going to matter? That's that's the scary part. You know, I think we all keep assuming that, all right, this is going to be the game that he picks it up, that he scores a 25 that we're used to. You know, that he goes five of 11 from three-point range. Like, this is the game. And we're just keep waiting on that, and I don't know if it's going to come anytime soon. And like I said, if if and when he does pick it back up, who knows where St. John's is going to be in the landscape of the Big East? 
they might already be, you know, completely out of it or needing to go on some kind of a, a miracle run just to, you know, get it back into tournament conversation. Uh, just an incredibly disappointing couple of weeks from Champagny in what's overall been a disappointing season for him, I would say. You know, he's had obviously his his flashes of brilliance. You know, the the, the Indiana game was fantastic. Uh, the UConn game, he should have sent them to a win there uh, if they can get a stop at the end there. The DePaul game was, was fantastic as well. Uh, he even had, you know, the flashes in the Kansas game where he was great, sure. But you know, outside of that, there's been a lot, a lot of stinkers like tonight for Champagne, and it's become a trend. And it's, it's something. The only thing I could say is it's it's probably something in his head at this point. You know, he can say all that he wants that he's not pressing and that he's not focused on, um, you know, the NBA draft. But that's got to be going through your head that you know every missed shot feels like it's probably costing you some money. You know, every missed shot could be costing you a draft position. You know, and I think that that's got to be going through his head a little bit as he continues to struggle. Um, you know, I don't know if it's any sort of an injury. I feel like they would disclose that uh, if it was to, you know, give him some sort of an excuse. But it just looks like he's he's out of it right now. You know, something just looks off with him. He just doesn't look confident, passing up a lot of shots. And when he's shooting, he's not making, you know, that little mid-range, uh, you know, 15-footer on the baseline. He just never hits anymore. And that used to be automatic from him. You know, look at the three-point shooting. Well, he, he was, I think, 4 of 27, Rothstein said, coming into this game. So now he's, what, 4 of his last 31 from three-point range? Just doesn't look confident. So, you know, like I said, you, you, you would assume he will pick it up at some point and figure it out at some point. But when he does, is it going to be too late? And at this point, it's looking like the answer to that is going to be yes. But uh, you can't discount the game from Pasha Alexander. He was phenomenal. 29 points and 12 assists. Like I said, career high 29. I think the 12 assists might have been a career high as well. Uh, 13 of 20 shooting for Posh. You know, he he, he tried his best to will them to victory. He really did. Uh, Posh and Aaron Wheeler were the stars of this game. You know, Wheeler with his 16 points uh, hit a couple of big shots in the second half to really, you know, spur some runs, had the big dunk, obviously. And, you know, outside of that, I mean, you know, Wusu had the 10 points. All right. Uh, not a crazy good game for him. I thought Joel Soriano, despite not scoring, actually did a pretty good job on uh on Nate Watson, who ended up with 16 points, but only had the five rebounds. St. John's actually out-rebounded Providence in this game, 37 to 35. Uh, Watson was, what, shut out from the field. So in the first half, I think he had two points uh, in the first half, and it was two free throws. So, you know, finishes with 16, though. Um, but, I, you know, I, as a whole, I actually thought Soriano and and Nyway and... Um, and Stanley and all them did a did a pretty decent job on uh, on Watson in this game. So so give them credit for that. Give Soriano some credit for that. He did foul out and uh, didn't score, but I actually didn't think he was he was horrible uh, in this in this one. But you know again, it doesn't really matter. You know it doesn't matter how these guys played. They, it ends up in a loss. You know no matter what. And like I said, it ends up being the same story that we've seen for the last you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. It's the same thing. It's the same problems year in and year out. And who knows where we go from here now. Um, you know, but but this has just been such a disappointing year. It just seems like it's been like deflating loss after deflating loss after deflating loss. Um, and now, you know, I, I think that we are really headed. If this if this trend continues, and I was thinking about this earlier today, and that that shows the pessimist that I am, uh, thinking about this even pregame <laughs> before they lost, and now I can say it on the air. Um, 
this you know if this if this season continues to trend in the way that we've seen it trend which is you know bottom three or four in the conference once again and you know finishing with anywhere from what five to seven conference wins I think even eight conference wins you know if they finish anywhere in that range you in my in my time as a fan I think you have to look at this as the most disappointing St. John's team that we've seen like I said in in my history as a fan which is basically the last decade plus you know the last 12 or 13 years um, I've not been more disappointed by a team than I was by this one you know and, and and I say that because look at you know, look at the first year uh, of the of the new Big East in in uh, Harrison and that in that group's third year. That that was a big year, right? Everyone thought they were going to be good. Uh, they missed the tournament. Massive disappointment. They lose in the NIT to Robert Morris in embarrassing fashion. Even more massive. But at the end of the day, that team was at least on the bubble, like going into the Big East tournament. Like if they would have won that game in the Big East tournament against Providence, they were in the NCAA tournament. And then that year doesn't isn't looked at as as big of a disappointment. You know, you can say the uh, Mullen year three, the 0-11, the 2018 season, uh, the 0-11 start in the Big East, that was disappointing, yes. But that team still, I don't think, had like the NCAA, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think that team had the NCAA tournament expectations that this one had. Of course, you go back to 2019, a team that I think we all kind of thought had right like the sweet 16 like you know absolute you know would be would be a daydream if they can go to the sweet 16 um and that team obviously fell way short losing in the play-in game but at the end of the day again that team won 21 games you know and reached the 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 ncaa tournament i know it was the playing game but they were in the ncaa tournament conversation and they reached the ncaa tournament despite falling way short of expectations this team who you know, had those similar expectations. We wanted them to make the tournament. We wanted them to try to win a tournament game. We wanted them to, you know, maybe, maybe in our wildest dreams, win two tournament games and make the Sweet 16, right? That was like the ultimate goal, I think, for this team. Uh, the ultimate ceiling for this team would have been to win two tournament games, right? You know, we saw the talent on paper. We all bought into the transfers. We all bought into all of that. We bought into the coach. And if this team ends up not even you know, being in the conversation, not even being on the bubble, you know, in late February and early March going into the conference tournament. I, like I said, I think that's got to be the most disappointing season that we've seen as a fan base in a long, long time, at least that I've seen as a fan in, in my time as a fan. You know, if they can't even, with those expectations, if they can't even get onto the bubble, they can't even get into the conversation of the Big East tournament, I think you really have to look at this, you know, on par with 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 the most disappointing seasons, if not the most disappointing season uh, that we've seen from St. John's in a long, long time. But you know, like I said, tonight's more of the same, uh, more of the same disappointment, more of the same lack of execution. As I said, uh, more of the same, you know, of your star player not really giving you what you hoped and you know Providence just out executes St. John's Providence is a really good team they hit a couple of of really big shots in this game they you know like I said they ran some great uh plays on offense they seemed they never seemed you know overtaken by the moment it felt like you know and they really felt like they were in control this entire game despite it being a close game Providence never really felt like you know they let it get away from them and that's why they are you know number 15 in the country number you know uh, I think at the top of the Big East 9-1 and in the conference and that's why they've won seven games in a row and that's why they will be going to the NCAA tournament this year and St. John's will almost certainly be watching it from home but you know it's 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 just 
I've I've lost you know the the energy to get really frustrated about this team or to get angry about this team I should say I'm still gonna get frustrated of course um you know I'm I'm still gonna you know get uh, you know get mad in the moment I sure but to you know to be angry you know and to hold that anger with me it's just it's not worth it they're not worth it this season so you know if you're someone who's who's you know listening to this on on Wednesday morning now uh, when I'm when I'm recording it and you know you are still angry just you know don't don't let it get to you because it's really not worth it uh with how they've played uh all season long and it's looking like it's going to be another lost season uh for the red storm but you know that's that's the show for now i just wanted to do a quick little uh recap on my own no guests or anything like that uh because they do have the two games in this week not quite sure what i'm gonna do for thursday's game against georgetown that game kind of loses a lot of its uh luster at this point not that it had much to begin with but now that the season is kind of trending in the way that it is uh that game you know between two of the bottom three teams in the conference doesn't exactly look uh too appealing now could be fun if they end up losing that game to Georgetown and giving Georgetown their first conference win because then uh, all hell break loose breaks loose and then we really get some fireworks on the show and on the on the hashtag as well. So we'll see about that. I will either do a show uh, or I will do a Twitter live space, whatever the hell you call it. Uh, not the Twitter spaces. I'm not doing those because I can't figure those out. But uh, if I can do a Twitter live stream, it may be the return of the Twitter live streams. I did a lot of those last year, if you'll remember. So might be doing a Twitter live stream, might be doing a podcast. Not quite sure yet, but I will tweet it out either way, whatever I end up doing for that game. Uh, and then nothing for Butler on the weekend. I'll, I'll be working during that game, so I won't be able to do anything for that. But uh, thank you all for listening to this show. Uh, hang in there, guys. You know, it's there, there is still some time left to turn it around, although it doesn't look like it's even remotely possible at this point. Hang in there. Misery loves company. We're all in this together. We can all be miserable together. And, uh, you know, as much as we hate this team, we're all going to be back next year for sure. So uh, with that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. And as always, let's go, Johnnies.